So if I open up the collarbone and I open up number two behind your jaw, number three, let's say number three, this, this spot behind your head, let's just say behind your head, is already moving towards your collarbone. Because you just cleared the way. Right. So now, if you want to rub the back of your head, then by all means, go ahead. My friends, you have to help me out. Then it keeps coming back and it keeps coming back. And so does the bacteria, because you have, quote unquote, good bacteria, quote unquote, bad bacteria. But they, you need all of them and they need to work with each other and they keep each other in check until yeah. there's a tipping point. Mm-hmm. Every this is really important. Everything in biology has a tipping point, which means that it's good up to a point where it's no longer good. Variation, variability, and variety. You know what all three of those words mean? Different. Yeah, just, you're doing something different. Just doing something different. All right. And then the, here's the thing. So I tell people that every movement you do in your life will move lymphatics because it has to. They're just coming along for the ride, okay? But sometimes those lymphatics are so congested, so stagnated, so restricted because you've got excess tension in the tissues. And they, they, even when you're moving, they can't move because they're just too blocked. That's why I have you do the big six because the big six will manually help remove some of the tension and the tightness and the things that are stuck. Hello friends, in this video, I talk again with Dr. Perry Nicholson. In our first video a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, we talked about the lymphatic system, the importance of what the lymphatic system does. Well, in this video, we get into the meat and the potatoes of how to get the lymph system moving, how to unblock the blockages, how to make it flow, and why that's so important. And I will tell you this, since talking with him a few days ago, did my own, um, uh, let's say, routine of what he said to do, especially listen when he talks about the big six, do it in the right order, as he says, I've noticed a huge difference. So. I want you to have fun watching this. We've had a lot of requests for this video. And here it is with Dr. Perry Nicholson explaining exactly how to get that lymph system moving and unblocked. We'll get it flowing. Enjoy and feel free to share. And by the way, the best way to support the work we do here to help bring more education like this to the world and help another person and another person and another person is to hit the subscribe button if you're on youtube or hit the follow button or if you're on any other kind of an audio platform itunes spotify whatever share it thank you so much here you go get ready this is a really great one dr perry how you doing my friend Hey, my friend, I'm doing wonderful. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me back on your show. It's always lovely to be here. Always great to have you join me. Um, That last show we did, where we got a lot of views, a lot of likes, a lot of questions. So the demand is there for more mojo about that lymphatic system. Yeah, and Happy New Year to you, too, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, well, it's really lovely to hear that because, you know, lymphatics are a passion of mine. They changed my life. And uh, it's nice to know that people are interested in it and want to learn more. I've got a ton more. So we, I, I know you no, do. No man. problem there. I know you do. Well, you know, it's funny. I was listening to uh, our, our last episode here that you and I did a few days ago. I've been through it a few times because there's just so much information there. And I think maybe for some, if we're doing a visual demonstration, well, if if, if you're listening on a iTunes or Spotify or something, it's going to be, you won't be able to see this. So I'll yeah. be as descriptive as I can. But the bottom line is uh, I, 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 there's so much just from the last one, just getting things going. You know, I started using this skin brush, by the way. 
Oh, lovely. That, That's great. Oh, man, I'm starting down the feet brushing. I, I learned somewhere brush towards the heart, but I'm especially spending time in these area, areas where I know there's a higher population of nodes, right? Which I don't know where they are in the body altogether. I mean, I know there's I'll like 700 you. or more, but I'm, I've yeah. been a lot up here in the clavicle area. And what a difference. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, huge. I'm not sure if we cover it in the last episode, but it's good to 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 let people know where they are, because then all this stuff makes sense, if I may. Because uh, yeah. it's always good to review things anyway for those that may have heard it. And information is always new to somebody who doesn't know it yet. That's one of my <laughs> exactly, favorite phrases, because there's always somebody <laughs> who who doesn't know it. Yeah. So uh, you've got roughly six or seven hundred lymph nodes in the body. I mean, you know, you may see different numbers based on the study that you're reading. I just want people to know it's a lot, <laughs> okay? Yeah. The, what's the job of the node? Well, there are basically many drain toilets that are designed to drain waste, but they're also immune system sensors, which is really important because when they trap things, they tell your immune system what those things are. So your immune system is able to scan whatever's there and then give an appropriate response. That's really important for people to know. Um, so there are scanners <laughs> for your immune system and there are toilets, drainage for waste. Basically anything that you don't want in your body and you want to get out, those 600 to 700 toilets do it. Yeah. Now, they're located in strategic places. Um, out of the 700, I'm going to just say 700, one-third of that number is from the collarbone up. Wow. One-third? So one-third of that number is the collarbone oh. up. So I just want you to think about that logically for a moment of how powerful that statement is. But then also think kind of like how your body, why would it be designed that way, do you think? What sits up in the, in the head and the neck that's really important? your brain, right? Exactly. So its primary job is to help drain toxins from the brain and keep your cervical spine and brain stem healthy. Yeah. So yeah. so everything below it can function well, <laughs> all right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you got most of it there. Um, the largest amount of lymph in general is in your gut and your abdomen, okay? Wow. Now, the reason that that is is because the majority of your immune system is in your gut, up to 70%, I think, is the average number. So if most of your immune system is in your gut, it makes sense that the largest part of your immune system, which is your lymphatic, should be there too. So they work with each other. In yeah. essence, what that means to me is that if you have any issues with your lymphatics, you'll likely end up with some gut issues. And if you have gut issues, you'll likely end up with some lymphatic issues. But then your listeners may have heard of from following your work, and especially with Parkinson's, there's an intimate relationship between the health of the gut and the health of the brain. Yes. So there's, there's no mistake that the lymph lives in those two places. So they're going to play a role in the health of both. And the third place is, you know, the, beneath the skin, because they, they want to help because uh, the skin is an organ too because you you get stuff out when you sweat right right but you also absorb a lot of nasty toxins and stuff through your skin sure that's exactly. one of the reasons why when you are barraged with all of these things that people put on their body with uh, um, uh, detergents you know, oils you know makeup perfume that that goes sure. into the body and then your body's got to get rid of that stuff. Well, lymph's going to be a big part of that. So those are the, the biggest places that they're located. But a couple of things will help this uh, lymphatic fluid move to get rid of that muck so it gets mm -hmm. out. And movement is, the is one of the primary ways. You're moving your body does it. Right. Okay. Right. The other one mm -hmm. is is breathing, which we can get into again because that's really really important. But breathing is also a form of movement, right? Right. Because you're moving, you know, your body parts and your organs when you breathe, if you can breathe correctly. So movement moves lymph. 
Well, your body was is an incredible design. So those lymph nodes live in clusters or communities. And they live around the primary joints of your body that are, here's the word, supposed to move the most. Okay. Your big articular joints, which just happens to sit where my big six are. My, my big six resets are the primary hinge joints and rotation joints of your body that are supposed to move the most. Your mm -hmm. shoulder joint is one of them. Your hip joint is another one. The, the groin, crease of the groin. Good. Your knee, the back of your knee Knees. is another one. Yeah, back and of the then knee. Your, yeah, and then your abdomen is one because that should move a lot. Yeah. And then the other one is uh, at the top of the neck below the skull where most of the motion in your whole neck happens at the first three bones in your neck. Sure. And then, of course, the drain has to move. That's the collarbone. So those are mm -hmm. the six. Mm -hmm. So what I tell people is that I want you to think of what happens to all of those areas when you sit too long or too often. You close them down. Right? Yeah. It seems like everything just it slows down. Muscles can get, you know, stiff tight shortened if you will in some cases um right your heart's not beating as fast your blood's not pumping as much and that respiratory rate's down everything's down the more and we you're sit, not moving longer stays down hence what uh just referring to john rady from harvard who i've interviewed uh you know as humans we were designed to move yes we're supposed to be moving and not sedentary and we we do the exact opposite of that sadly right. that is true yes so and, movement you know, then for those who are asking how do i get my lymph system moving uh flowing sir yeah. doing its job well so answer number one or possibility number one is get moving more yeah i mean that's the first step that's it's pretty just, simple yeah it, it really <laughs> is because that's <laughs> That's how basics are, right? Yeah. You just I tell people this is when when they say what kind of movement, you know, my answer is always yes. I, I just want <laughs> you to do to do more than you're doing now, but not so much more, but different. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'd like for you to have a variety in your movement. Do things that you don't normally do. Okay, that, yeah. that's good for your. First of all, that's really great for your brain and your nervous system because you're doing different things. Okay. Right. Um, so I always tell people <laughs> just move more of yourself uh, more often, more ways. And one of my favorites is just more environments, different places for you to do that. Okay? Uh, that's a good idea. Yep. Yeah. That's why I like uh, movements that are, that are available to us all the time, but we don't necessarily do them sometimes because we live in a world mm -hmm. of convenience where we're going to take the elevator instead of the stairs. We're going to, we're going to park close to the mall as opposed to far away from the mall. And sure. one of the things I tell people is make your life a little bit more inconvenient when it comes to movement and you'll make a big difference in your life. Don't, don't take yeah. the easy way out because most humans will. Absolutely. Most humans will take the, the easy movement path when you do it. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's just a, honestly, that's just a smart play because your brain is trying to conserve energy. Um, and when you don't have a lot of energy because you're tired and fatigued and lethargic, you don't want to take the stairs. But the key is you need to take the stairs to get out of it because you're, you're stuck in yeah. the quicksand. It's just that you have to dose it. You just do a little bit, you know, you don't, you don't have to go crazy. So it's just move yourself more often. And my favorite ways, honestly, are simply um, rebounding, jumping up and down very lightly on the balls of your feet using your calf muscles, you know? I don't want you know, people was... to leave mm -hmm. the ground. Let me, let me finish this real quick. Yep. I don't want you to totally jump off the ground and land on it because most people don't know how to absorb impact and they may hurt mm -hmm. the ankles, the hips, the knees, the spine. You just lightly, like many calf pumps like that, uh, standing up. And if you have any issues with balance, just, just hold on to something. Or 
you know, you can even just start seated and just pumping your calves. That'll begin somewhere. And then the other one is yeah. just walking, brisk mm -hmm. walking. Those two will change your life. I've, I've seen you do uh, the, the uh, calf thing, the pumps, balls of the feet on your YouTube channel. I mean, how, how simple is that, really? How simple? But also, how I'll tell you what, I had so many people send me a message of how, first of all, how much fun it was. So yeah. they couldn't believe how much better it made them feel from doing something so simple. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's really powerful because physiologically it does a lot. Because when you jump up and down, you're you're moving the fluids up and down against gravity because gravity is always pushing down on you, right? It's trying to compress you. But you're also jumbling up your your belly and your organs, which is where most of your lymphatics live and most of your inflammation and most of your stiffness. But you pump the calf muscles and the calf muscles are um, in Eastern medicine. I may have said this before, considered your second heart because they pump the vein flow back up uh, towards your heart. They help get rid of that stagnation. That's one of the reasons why walking is so great, right? I didn't and know when that. I mean, when I mean walking, I mean brisk walking where you're actually moving your shoulder joints with mm -hmm. your hip joints, so you're getting some rotation in mm -hmm. your center, your belly, Right. Mm -hmm. I don't want you walking with a phone in your hand because, first yeah, of all, that it's really dangerous. Skews, yeah, it skews <laughs> the uh, symmetry of arm swing, um, rotation. Probably, yeah, it skews everything. Yeah, the, so, well, think about that. So when, when you walk, you know, mm -hmm. you get this kind of little twist, little twisting in the body, like little yeah. torquing. And um, I always tell people this analogy, like, if you had a towel that was really saturated with, with liquid and water, how would you want to get that water moving out of it as efficiently as possible? You, you twist the towel, right? Yep. So humans are designed to, to move and twist, but that's the very opposite of what sitting is. <laughs> so sitting is just compression. And here's the beautiful thing. In, walking seems so simple. I mean, it's actually not simple because it took you quite a long time to learn how to do it. You just take it for granted now. But I learned from Dr. Stuart McGill, who was the preeminent physician for lower back injuries, and he said that brisk, you know, walking is nature's uh, backbone. It, it's the it's an elixir, if you will, for helping back pain and helping prevent back pain. So that's an added bonus Biggie. as well. Which back pain do we see? You've got to see it all the time. I see it every day. Low back pain, back pain. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're going to get back pain if you don't move a lot, if you're very mm -hmm. stagnant. Or, and let's take back to what I said before, is you can also get back pain because you do the same kind of movement all the time. That's called repetitious microtrauma movement, right? Over and yeah. over and over and over, and then the callus builds up, and then all of a sudden, you know, yesterday you were okay, and today you're not. That's why the movement, uh, my friend Joanne Elfenstein, who is a brilliant physical therapist, calls it the three Vs of movement. It's called uh, variation variability and variety variation variability and variety you know what all three of those words mean different yeah just, you're doing something different just doing something different all right and then the, here's the thing so i tell people that every movement you do in your life will move lymphatics because it has to they're just coming along for the ride okay but sometimes those lymphatics are so congested so stagnated so restricted because you've got excess tension in the tissues and they they even when you're moving they can't move because they're just too blocked 
That's why I have you do the big six, because the big six will manually help remove some of the tension and the tightness and the things that are stuck. So now when you do move, you have the capability to actually move the fluids through those blocks. Does that make sense? So that's the missing ingredient, because I have a lot of people yeah. say, Doc, I, you know, I train all the time. I move all the time. Shouldn't my lymphatic system be moving well? Mm -hmm. The operative word is it, it should, but it doesn't mean that it that it is okay. And as I said before, sometimes that repetitive motion and movement all the time, your tissues lay down tension on lines of stress because they have to adapt to the forces that are coming against it, right? And that's coming into it all the time. I mean, you can get you can get force injuries just lying in bed. That's what's called a pressure sore or a bed sore, too much pressure. So if those are have lines of tension, that blocks fluid flow. Yep. So that's why you have to be able to ease tension. You, be, you need to be able to get tension, but you also need to be able to let it go, ease the tension. And that's how you learn to control uh, fascia, the movement. Right. Yeah. I have a question. So, actually, a, a comment first. So, like a lot of things, it doesn't necessarily involve rocket science to get your lymphatic system moving. So, you can bounce on your, you know, balls of your feet, do the, the calf thing. You can walk briskly, swing yeah. your arms, you know, because you get that reciprocal arm, leg, trunk rotation. Uh, oh, oh, and I know what I was going to say. I'll never forget. Primal Chains, the first workshop you did, I was there, the yeah, Kinetic PT, and I was sitting on the floor, and you were talking about, I actually, I stole this from you, man, and I use it, and I give you credit, of course, but I said, because we see a lot of diminished arm swing in Parkinson's and other areas, right, so I say, listen, we got to smooth out this gate, here's one thing we need to do, is we need to learn to walk like a badass. Yeah. And that's what you call it. And it was beautiful. You're just standing up tall. You got rock tape on. You're looking like a tough guy because you are a tough guy. And uh, <laughs> you had your index fingers pointed and you're like reaching forward with your right hand pointing the right index finger towards the left big toe, then alternating and over exaggerating the movement. But the thing was, the breakdown was so powerful. And this is like nine years ago or something or whenever it was. And I didn't understand gait nearly as well back then. And yeah. and that illustration was beautiful because there is trunk rotation. There is reciprocal arm, leg, shoulder, hip. If it doesn't happen, things are compromised. You're not moving that well. So hence the twisting of the torso, getting the lymph moving there too. Beautiful. But also, if you're briskly walking, you're doing some zone two, which we already know from so much data. There are so much data out there. Wow, that's really good for longevity, some amount of conditioning, and fat burn. Whoa, who knew? It comes down to movement again. Walk. How right. cool. <laughs> right. So it's, it's really cool. Well, um, you can combine those, too. So I tell people is that. You can do the our big six. I always tell people to do the big six before you move because it's going to ease tension in the six primary places of the body that need to move the most. You're going to get the also the blood flow moving around those areas, not just lymph. But when you uh, when I tell you to slap and tap and rub, okay, mm -hmm. in those regions, that's actually uh, sensory input into the joints and the mechanoreceptors and the skin because you're slapping it and you're rubbing it. So what mm. you're also doing is that you're giving your brain a sensory input awareness of your primary joints before you move them. Yeah. So you're actually going to be less prone to injury because your brain knows where your joints are because you just slapped them and you just rubbed them. Yeah, that good makes point. Sense. Yeah. So there's a lot totally. of neurology going in that as well. And then, so do your big six, start to do your brisk walk, and then why don't you just stop and do about 30 seconds to a minute of your mini rebounding calf pumps, mm -hmm. and then you walk again. Mm -hmm. 
So you you intermix it in between, right? Love it. I have a question: Is does the lymphatic flow include uh, circulation of oxygen at all? No, that's through the blood. So okay, yeah. I just, I just wondered about that because we know that um, we need oxygen for our muscles to do their job, so blood's going to deliver that. So no oxygen in the lymphatic. That's a waste. We're talking about toilets. Yeah, lymphatic is going to transfer your fatty acids. Okay. okay? Right. And so that's a big part of what they do. And they're also going to be the transport of met, metabolic cellular waste. So okay. That, that's a huge chunk of what they get rid of, as well as the exogenous toxins, stuff that, that gets into you that's trying to take you out. But when cells when cells die, they have to get out of you too. And sure. when 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 cells uh, use oxygen, right? Well, they use the oxygen to create energy through the mitochondria and the Krebs cycle, right? Mm -hmm. ATP, all that good stuff. Well, when you when you burn fuel like that, you create waste, just like you do in your car. Sure. And so healthy cells make waste, and also unhealthy cells make waste, and then that waste has to get out. The primary okay. exit route are through lymphatics. Okay. So if the lymphatics can't remove waste faster than you make it, what yeah, happens? Probably. Yeah, you, you, you get True. stuck with metabolic waste and mm -hmm. toxins and whatever i call it muck because it encompasses everything and right. the way that your immune system responds to muck is through a protective response mm -hmm. and that's known as inflammation exactly let me ask you this so let's say somebody's doing this uh they're going for the walk they're doing the bounces they're doing the big six but it's not it's not enough um mm -hmm. What would you advise? Is there any self-administered technique you'd recommend, or would you go to somebody? Um, I just heard, just not even a few days about ago, about somebody who does lymphatic massages here. Um, I don't yeah, know who the I would. Is, but... uh, I would always encourage you if you have it available to you and you can find it. Which it's easier to find now because more people are getting trained in lymphatic massages. You can just mm -hmm. type into your Google search and lymphatic specialist near me, okay. and I'm sure some will show up. That uh, to do your self care technique, so you have empowerment every day to take care of yourself, mm -hmm. but also see someone who can do it for you. It's it's a mixture of both worlds. Because one, you get to lay down and not have any tension anywhere. Somebody else yeah. is doing it for you, so it's very relaxing from uh, even a mental standpoint to have another person be able to take care of you at the same yeah, time. I imagine so. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. and um, there's a lot of different parameters that go into lymphatics. I mean, the big six is just the basic, fundamental beginning place that you start. It's this simple awareness that you should be looking at your lymphatics and a place to begin. Okay, mm -hmm. but that yeah, that's there's also many other systems of your body that get rid of waste, what they call detoxification. I try not to use that word because it's almost like a trigger <laughs> word these days. Excuse me. Um, sure. It's just waste trying to get out, mm -hmm. and you get that a lot through how well your gut works, how well mm -hmm. your liver works, your lungs, and your ability to uh, poop. That's to have bowel movements, you know, because if you're constipated, you're you're going to be backed up with waste, and then that becomes uh, toxic and inflammatory to your system as well. But many people, when they start to work the lymphatics and they get better blood flow to the gut, they get pooping. They're able to go that way. It works well, both ways. I don't know the stats on this. I just know that a lot of the population in general uh, for many reasons. Let's just say lack of movement could be one. 
uh, dietary choices could be another or lifestyle. Uh, constipation is a big deal. And then when you yeah. add in some of the medications that people take, we get the side effect of constipation. We see a lot of Parkinson's. Um, sometimes it's really bad. And so I can only imagine that uh, with all the rigidity, potentially, not everyone gets that, but a lot of people with Parkinson's get rigidity. And they're real stiff. There's a lot of tension. They can't even breathe deeply because they're so tense in the sternocostal, all those muscles around the ribs and everything. They can't take a deep breath. Well, there are things we can do to help to expand that, but I imagine the lymphatic fluid might just be blocked and a lot of them are constipated. So this this could really come in handy for lifestyle, quality of life for that, that population as well. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, that's a big issue. All of those things that you mentioned uh, are highly correlated to people that get stuck with constipation. and. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the one of the things in relationship to constipation is when people have incessant excessive stress in their life and they're stuck in what they call fight or flight mm -hmm. or sympathetic dominance, hypervigilance is the name of it. And that survival system slows down digestion and shuts digestion down because your brain says well, you don't have time to poop or eat because we have to not die right now from the tiger. So you, you can poop <laughs> later. The problem is your system never comes out of the fight or flight and then you struggle yeah. with the bowel movements because it constricts the blood flow in that region and then it slows down stomach acid production, which we may have discussed before. And so you just become uh, stagnant that way through movement. And many people are significantly and severely dehydrated, which is a top cause of constipation as well. Oh, man. Yeah, we see that so much. And just, right. just a fleeting thought here, another thing, and this, this happens not to a large percentage that I work with, but they're, they're the handful that seem to get these recurring urinary tract infections. It's a combination of maybe they got a calf in there or a Foley calf or whatever. Maybe not. Dehydration. And I'll tell you, I don't know what there is about this. Um, and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like the older we get, when we get a UTI, and it's bad, it could happen overnight, and then it's like you have dementia, Alzheimer's completely has overtaken you overnight. And we know that that doesn't happen to people in the real world, but a UTI can mess you up. So I can only imagine that there's probably some kind of a tie. A lot of times constipated too. There's that makes me think they may need to spend area uh, a time in the area of lymphatic uh, mojo, get it moving and stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, one, you know, you want to drink the water so you can flush out the kidneys and the bladder. Yeah. And thank you. Actually, I, dehydration was what made me think of that. So I'm sorry I'm interrupting yeah. you, but that's along that's that okay. line of you got to get the fluid going in you. Right. And well, the end, the end route of the lymphatic drainage are the kidneys for pee. Where they go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when you have poorly functioning lymphatic system, you don't eliminate protein efficiently. So you have higher protein in the body, which makes you more acidic, which makes you more prone to underlying mm. infections in the body, particularly from fungal growth. So here's what I'm going to tell you. That's Ooh. one of the biggest things that happened to me. Uh, I had a lot of um, health issues a while ago where I was having infections in my body, a lot of brain issues, brain fog, early onset kind of Alzheimer's symptoms where I had a hard time functioning and remembering things. And I was getting a lot of prostate infections and urinary tract infections, a lot of urogenital issues. Mm. <laughs> and they kept putting me on the uh, antibiotics for mm -hmm. the UTIs, right? And, it, you know, it would help, but then stuff would keep coming back. And then when I came across lymphatic work later, I realized that the clogged lymphatic system was a big issue with that because you'll pool the uh, stagnation around the lumbar, low back, pelvis, prostate, urogenital region. And then when you get stuck in those areas, you're, like I said before, you, your protein concentration increases and you're much more prone to develop uh, candida and fungal infections because of the 
toxicity in the interstitial fluid. And those are what cause the UTIs. It's the fungal infection. So you have a breeding ground where fungus is designed to take hold because of it's sitting in the waste products like that. Dang. And once I cleared my lymphatic system and began to hydrate, and I, for me personally, I'm not saying this for everyone, is that uh, I no longer got UTIs. And then my, my particular, for me, my neuroinflammation and brain fog and things like that significantly improved. And if you want to hear, you want to hear something pretty cool that uh, you may know of, uh, or heard of him, Dr. Jerry Tennant. I don't know if you know Dr. Tennant, but I, don't, I don't know the name. Yeah, you should, you know, he's got a great book called Healing is Voltage, which is one of my top five books of all time. And he's been on my podcast. Yeah, Yeah, you should get him on your radio show, too. Okay. Um, uh, It's a fantastic book, and I've had him on my podcast. It was my top-rated podcast in uh, 15 years. Oh, wow. And we were talking about that with with how many people are getting these type of uh, issues with fungus and chronic candida. And I'm like, you know, I had that, Doc. And I would always get cellulitis too, which is a very painful, can be life-threatening issue because of inflammation in the cells of the body. Sure. And mine was also due to lymphatic stagnation. So that's one of the first things I tell people you need to look at when you have cellulitis is a lymphatic stagnation issue. But you have to get the cellulitis treated medically first, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, he said this. He said, listen, I just want you to think about what you see in nature, because if you look at nature, you'll find answers to a lot of things. And he said, what happens when a leaf falls from a tree in nature and it goes to the ground? It begins to die, right? It dies and it begins to decompose. And he says, well, what decomposes it? He said, well, fungus primarily or bacteria, because that's their job, right? Mm-hmm. They eat dead stuff. Right. And mm-hmm. then it turns it into something else beneath the soil that the trees can use because the fungus tree feeds the tree. So everything has a reason for existing, whether you right. think it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's a necessary. Thing. So then he said, now I want you to think about this. Mm-hmm. What would your body do if it's stuck full of dead stuff that can't get out? Well, then it's going to do what nature does. It's going to increase fungal and bacteria population to try to kill it for you. Wow. Yeah. Because it can't get out. And then Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, holy cow, that makes so much sense. And then I go, well, how can you help it get out? Lymphatics. But if Mm -hmm. your lymphatics Mm -hmm. are stuck, right? If you're stuck full of muck, and you're stuck full of waste, your body has to make a decision here. And it says, "Uh uh-oh, Perry doesn't have a good toilet system here, and we're backing up with muck. What can we do to try to help Perry as best we can so Perry doesn't get worse and Perry doesn't die? Oh, let's just use what's already here, which is candida, is always there. It's just kept in check. But it just says, I, I can't keep you in check anymore, my friends. You have to help me out. Then it keeps coming back and it keeps coming back. And so does the bacteria because you have, quote, unquote, good bacteria, quote, unquote, bad bacteria. But the, you need all of them and they need to work with each other and they keep each other in check until yeah. there's a tipping point. Mm-hmm. Every, this is really important. Everything in biology has a tipping point which means that it's good up to a point where it's no longer good. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that tipping point is where it goes. And then that's why, hey, doc, I felt great yesterday, and today I'm a hot mess. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? Well, your body was trying to heal, compensate, and adapt and protect you as best it can until it hit the tipping point. And then now it tells you, I can't do it alone anymore. I need your help. And all I'm trying to tell people this is just try to use the big six and the walking and the moving to change your tipping point. Mm 
Okay. I'm gonna, Does that make sense? Totally. This spurs another question that I'm sure I'm going to hear about. So one of the questions I'm sure I'll be asked if we don't address it now is how many times a day? <laughs> you probably oh, can't I overdo that. it, but you know. I'm so can glad you, that you asked that question. Can you overdo it? A, oh, yeah. You can Tell overdo us. anything. Yeah, okay. okay. That yeah. That's called MED, minimum effective dose. Okay. Anybody in healthcare knows what that is, okay? Because you see it with medications all the time. You know, I mean, if you need five milligrams of something, that's your minimum effective dose. And if you take 10, that might not work out well for you, okay? Because mm -hmm. you right. just did too much, right? right? But it also goes the other way. What happens if you need five and you're only getting three? Well, then, you know, you know, you need a little bit more. So here's what I'm trying to tell everybody. It's different for everyone how much you're going to need. And the only way you're going to know how much you need is to start and see how you feel. So yeah. that being said, so we you can to our absolutely body, listen to how we feel. You can um, absolutely let, let do too question. much sympathetic. another thing. So actually, before we do that, let's just go through these big six real quick. So we're talking... We want to get the shoulder area. We're tapping, right? Shoulders. We're going to also do clavicle. How about up under the skull? Do we want to do anything there? Tapping. Let's go through rubbing. them again. Okay. okay. Let's go through them again. But, but yep. I want to cycle back to finish. Very important that people understand this. Mm -hmm. Is that you can overdo lymphatics for sure. Okay. Right. And and that means that you did too much. You moved too many things for your body to tolerate. And you, you could feel pretty bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So more isn't better, better is better. So I tell people, just do one session of the big six to see how you feel. If right. you feel great the next day, then you have the green light to do it once again and see how you feel. And then you can add it a second time during the day. Right. Yeah. And then you see how you feel with two. So let's say you did it once and you felt great, but the next day you did it twice and you felt awful. What does that tell you? Go do back to once. one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. And if you did it once and you didn't feel great and you felt pretty bad, you don't do it again until your body starts to recover and feels a little bit better. Okay. So it's possible okay. then that you could do it once, get things moving to a point where it takes more than a day to recover. For your oh, I have had body. some people, it takes two, three days. No kidding. Wow. And they get really blown away because it looks so simple. And honestly, it kind of looks silly that, like, come on. Sure, just can't does. do anything. I'm like, uh, when you understand the physiology of what I'm telling you, you would never say that statement again because it is very powerful because the power is in the sequencing. The power is in the order that you do it. That's why it's so powerful. Okay. So I will tell people that when you begin lymphatic work, you want to make sure that you are hydrated and you drink water before you do a big sex. Okay. Oh, good idea. Yep. Uh, otherwise, it's not going to work well for you okay? mm -hmm. um, and I usually don't like for people to be constipated when they do the big six first try to get sure. yourself flushed out a little bit first okay mm -hmm. um, so the big six is the starting point. and remember because they're the clusters right you got to open the mm -hmm. clusters at number one for those that are listening I'll tell you where it is if you're watching you can see it's always at the collarbone on both sides okay. above and below so above it and underneath it is where i like to rub on both sides you always start there all the time because that opens up the drain okay yep. so rub there so we start one. there collarbone yep. above and below Got above it. and then underneath the whole thing right there mm -hmm. okay yep then you're going to go to spot number two which is on the side of your neck at the top of the neck below the lobe of your ear and behind the angle of the jaw. There's a little okay. spot right there. That's the largest lymph node in the neck. And it's where your, if you know anatomy, your atlas, your cervical one and cervical mm -hmm. two live right there. So right. that area there is where most of the motion should happen in your neck. Okay. okay. Should, Got it. but it doesn't because people's heads are too far forward. Mm-hmm. Poor posture. Right. So when your head sits forward like that, you just shut down your pump. You just shut down mm -hmm. your leg. 
So now that's spot number two. Rub behind the angle of the jaw, circles up and down, lots of different directions, just to make directions up. That's number Great. two. Right? Yeah, that feels really good there too. Now we'll go to number three. And then I'll go back to your questions on the neck, back of the okay. head. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So number three is at the shoulder joint, the pectoral okay. muscle. Right there. Oh, okay. Right? So just rub that space in front of your shoulder where your pec is and underneath and towards your armpit. The mm -hmm. whole thing. Fingers in the armpit, go over the pec muscle and around the front where it attaches to the shoulder and do the mm -hmm. other side. Those are called your axillary lymph nodes. Right? All right. Big Feels ones. pretty good, too. That's a good one. It's really tight on that area for most people, right? Now that's yeah, I just had my personal best bench press two days ago, and I'm really sore oh, too. But it feels good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, it's not very much, but you know, at least I can and do then 20, number 20 pounds. Four <laughs> is your belly. Okay. Number four is your belly. The whole thing from the belly button up. Mm -hmm. So you just rub right there in different directions. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then five is where the crease of your pants are in your groin. Right mm -hmm. there. Called okay. inguinal. Inguinal, inguinal yes. Yeah. And that gets tight because people sit all day long. Yep. And then the other one is behind the knees. It's called popliteal. And that gets really tight uh, because people sit all the time. And that's the one that gets crushed when you fly on an airplane, right? <laughs> yeah. And so you rub the back of your knees, right? Now, you can go back now and rub the feet. You can rub your hands. You can rub the back of your head because those are all going to drain towards what? What you just yeah. opened up. Yeah, right, right. Right? So let's think about this. If we know everything in your head and your neck is going to drain towards where? Collarbone. Collarbone. Right? Mm -hmm. So if I open up the collarbone, and I open up number two behind your jaw. Mm -hmm. Number three, of, let's say number three, this, this spot behind your head, let's just say behind your head, mm -hmm. is already moving towards your collarbone. Right. Because you just cleared the way. Right. So now, if you want to rub the back of your head, then by all means, go ahead. That's okay. fine. Okay. All right. And you always, you always have to just think in your mind, okay? Where is it trying to get to? Where is it trying to get to? And so Most I want everybody to say in their mind, and if you can, without if you're driving, don't, put your fingers on your collarbone mm -hmm. and say, all of my length wants to get here. Okay. Right? Right. So now that you know that, you rub towards that spot. Okay. But you have to clear the big blocks first. You have to clear the pathway, the six. right? Yeah, yeah so, so this is what I want you to think about. I don't want you to start brushing in your feet mm -hmm. up because if you brush in your feet before you've cleared the knee and the groin and the abdomen, you're sending fluids towards blocks higher up. I've been doing it wrong because... I was taught to do it that way, and sometimes you get taught wrong. So, totally makes sense. I should be starting up here, the clavicle. Yeah. So well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give order you, you said. Yeah, I'll just go in the well, order. Well, I'm going to give you a said. So it's not necessarily okay. wrong. It's okay. not optimal. All right. Because what I'm going to tell you is this: if you can dry brush your big six areas first. Then you rub from the foot up. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You will notice a significant difference in that sequence as opposed to starting in your foot first. Okay. Because it's just the physics of how fluids move. It's, it's just, that's all it is. It's hydrodynamics of pressure flow. It's called hydraulics. When you understand yeah, exactly. hydraulics and pressure, you know exactly where you need to rub and in what order. Yeah, that's okay. why when I tell people that to rub these areas, they say, I can't believe how much of a difference that made. It was just so simple. 
I know because it's really, really powerful because of that physics of fluid flow and pressure. Right, right. So it seems like um, I think you know you said this in the last episode too. We were talking about how the body works as uh, synergistically all systems together and you know it we label things the body doesn't label anything it doesn't know anything like what anything is because it is just correct it's a body that does its job but I, I have to say this because i want people to realize that um the medical world may not know your doctor may not know about any of this and here's well here's why i say this years ago i was going through a lot of well, a lot of travel, man. It was just killing me. Mm. And, and I had so much pain and this and that and the other thing. And I'm thinking, well, you know, to this doctor who is no longer my doctor, maybe my lymphatic system is messed up and blocked. She says, well, you don't have edema. Your legs aren't swollen, so it can't be that. Uh, right. That's it. I just needed to say that. that and I knew already. I'd already gotten your aquarium. I purchased that program, right? Yeah. Body and right. said, no, 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 no. I got to go rewatch the aquarium thing and whatever. And she's like, what's that? Well, I heard that the, I heard this is your body's aquarium. Oh, I don't know who said that. That's ridiculous. But guess what? She's ridiculous. No disrespect to her though. But, but this is, they're, they're taught to know what they know and look for things a certain way. And, you know, it is what it is. But, the power in this, though, the power of knowing this, uh, I don't think it's measurable, right? Because there's so much power in it. I mean, look, I remember when you went through some things a few years ago, the candida and all the excess of that and the fungus. And I remember after the Toronto, when I was saw you in Toronto, this is going on seven years, I think. Uh, uh, and um, uh, well, what's his name? Rick Daigle was there, too, with his wife. And, you know, anyways, I, that was a hard time for you. But man, you look at you now, man. You're looking. You always look great, but you look super healthy, radiant, and pretty buffed and lean. So good for you, Doc. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. Well, yeah. the wonderful thing of this is when when you begin to do lymphatic work, uh, many people tell me, and it happened for me as well. They lost a significant amount of body weight when they started to do it. Uh, sometimes upwards of five to ten pounds because you're oh. losing uh, some fluid weight, you're losing some uh, inflammation that's stored in the body, and you'll start to lose some of the body fat as well when you begin yeah. to clear the waste out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so they're like, oh my goodness, this is so great to be it. Because some people hit like a wall when they, they're not able to lose body fat and they don't understand why. One of the reasons may be the uh, lymphatic system needs some work, which also helps improve your cardiovascular system because they work together, right? That's So that's really, really important. I remember when I was um, really bad with my lymphatics, I had very poor blood circulation as well. I couldn't walk up a hill without being out of breath. Yeah. Because I just yeah. couldn't get oxygen to my tissues because of the poor fluid flow. Because if you have yeah. uh, lymph if you have lymphatic stagnation, mm -hmm. you're also going to have vein flow stagnation at the same time, which changes the thickness of your blood, and you have less efficient delivery of red blood cells and oxygen to the tissue. So you get it from both ends. Well, you know, I'm really, really glad you said that thing here because. Sorry, Doc. It's okay. I'll do a hard stop and edit that part out. I'm really glad you said that because I had wondered if there's a relationship or, or between blood flow and lymphatic lymphatic health, if you will, lymphatic flow, flu flow, because it only makes sense that if it's not flowing right in the lymph system, blood might be affected somehow you know i don't know if it's venous return back to the heart or what it is but it just seems like all the others well, one system doesn't operate optimally also other systems seem to be brought down even if it's just microscopically 
yeah, I mean, they're all trying to help each other out. If one can't really function well, another one's going to try to take the load. And the same thing with blood flow. You don't get good yeah. blood flow in one place. Other ones are going to try to send it to it to help it. And, you know, your heart has a ton of lymphatics as well. So some of my favorite books are by the cardiothoracic surgeon named Gerald Lemole, L-E-M-O-L-E. L-E-M-O-L-E. He, I think he's uh, the first one to do a heart transplant in, in the United States in the 70s. Sure. Yeah, Lamole. He's got great books on lymphatics, and he said that the key to a healthy heart is through your lymphatics. So he actually left the oh, world of yeah. cardiothoracic surgery and started to teach more about lymphatics when he saw how much heart health changed from taking care of your lymphatic system. Wow, that's... That's a guy we want to meet, right? Because like we want him in our circle. See, it's, it's it's people like that. People like you, who go out, you do the work, you do the research, you bring it to us, and then we learn and we can live a better quality of life. That's the whole reason I talk to you and people who are the game changers out there like you. Appreciate, I really appreciate what you do, Doc. Always have. Uh, thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate you back. Double ditto in return. <laughs> well, I have, you know, I mean, I hope when I say this, you receive it the way I intend, which is with uh, brotherly love and respect, which I, I have three mentors who have been the game changers for me. And in their own ways, uh, I do what I do because of them, and I think of them every day. You, Emily. Brent. No, yeah. It's, Emily Splickle. Great, great crew there. Brent Brookbush. It's like a brother to me, like a little brother. You know, I get to slap him around a little. <laughs> Not really. Well, He's bigger than yeah. me. But, 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 you know, this stuff is, is so important. So, so important, man. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm really glad I know you. Brent's the one who told me about you. So, thank you, Dr. Brent. Uh, I love ago. Brent. I haven't spoken to him in quite a while. Please give him my best of you. I will. I will. Uh, for sure. And you know, this radio show is going to start up. We're going to get you on that too soon, in the first couple of months. Oh. Uh, you know, you, you up for that, Doc? Honor for me. We'll uh, reach more people that way. Oh, <laughs> so. I'm down anytime you want, my friend. I am grateful for the invitation. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Well, um, yeah, in fact, when I, you know, when we sign off here, just stay on with me for one minute. I just want to ask you one question. And uh, we didn't talk beforehand, folks. We just picked up today, and I was late. So thank you, Doctor, for your patience. And um, it's coming from the radio station, getting my fobs and all that stuff. So any takeaway message you'd like to give to the listeners before we sign off? Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me on. And there's a couple of things I like to tell people. One is a phrase that my director of operations, Louisa, who's been working mm. with me forever, she She's came great. up with this phrase and we teach it and we put it on our shirts. It's called, when in doubt, limp it out. When in doubt, limp it out. Which means that I want you to, you know, just take a look at your lymphatic system first and everything and then check the box rule it off that it is playing some kind of role in there sometimes it's a small role sometimes it's a big role but i'm going to tell you if you're suffering in chronic pain and inflammation it's going to be a player somewhere and i want you to check it because you're gonna uh, sadly find that most people won't but now you know better like with your experience okay and then my other one is that you, you can't control something in your life until you become aware of it. so the first step towards change is the simple awareness of something so today yeah. my hope is that you're finally aware of, that you have a lymphatic system that there are things you can do to take care of it that don't have to be difficult that don't have to be complicated you just have to start okay and that awareness will be, oh, well, let me do the big six. Let me start walking. Let me jump up and down a little bit. Let me hydrate more. And also let me look for practitioners in my area that I can get some more focused work on if I like. And if you can do that, mm -hmm. you're going to make a big change in your life and how you feel. And then my uh, quest for you is to then share that with other people so you can help somebody else 
become aware and not suffer so much. Beautiful. If people want to reach you, I know where to go, but stop chasing <laughs> it's really pain. It's really simple, honestly. Like, stop chasing pain, right? <laughs> stop chasing pain. I'm going to show up kind of everywhere. I've been doing yes, this for are. a That's long great. time. You can also find the Big Six program on uh, the stopchasingpain.com or now I think it's gone so big that you can just type in the word big six and it'll, you'll see it show up yeah. as well. Wow. But if, if you want to find more, it's not going to be difficult. You are everywhere. It's beautiful what you're doing, how the following yeah. is growing, but people are taking it and they're running with it too. That's what I love. Well, that's, so, the, um, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Well, thank you, doctor. I appreciate this so much. Thank you, Thank you, everybody, for watching, for listening. And the best way you can help to support this program and the education we bring is if you're on YouTube, hit subscribe. And maybe even hit notifications if you want to hear what's coming, okay? If you're on Spotify, you're on iTunes, SoundCloud, or whatever audio platform, hit follow. And then maybe share with somebody. Because if we can help one more person, it's better than helping no more persons one's better than none okay so thanks doc thanks people and uh, have a fantastic day take care